Uh, many of you on a weekly basis go through tough times and uh, I haven't dealt with a ton of loss in my life, a ton of difficulty in my life. Uh, this past week has been tough. Uh, we had Kawas funeral, who's a 34-year-old uh, mother that passed away and left a husband and four children, five, fifth grade and on down. And so that was a, a tough funeral, uh, praising God that uh, she has hope for eternity. Uh, and then also this past week, one of my uh, good friends from Nebraska, one of the kids that grew up in the youth group, was part of our children's ministry there at the church, part of my youth ministry that I was a part of. Uh, at the church at Central in Nebraska, uh, 18 years old, on fire for the Lord, taking Bible college classes, um, was just in a, a single car car accident, and uh, he lost his life. And so uh, the words of the, the praise team this morning and the words that uh, we were able to sing to honor God together this morning were just words of encouragement to me. I pray they were words of encouragement to you as well that we're not in this fight on our own that we're in this with the Lord that he is by our side that this world is not our home as first Peter speaks about that we don't just have this to look forward to but we have something so much greater to look forward to and as we get it here into second Peter we're beginning a couple weeks ago a sermon series called remember the way and that's what we have to do in our walk with God if we're going to continue to build that relationship is remember the things that we've been taught. And, and Peter's saying, hey, you gotta, you got to go back to the things I've already shared with you in 1 Peter. And, and he begins to kind of remind them of different things here in 2 Peter. And I would invite you to stand with me this morning if you are able. We're going to turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. We're going to read verses 5 through 11 together. If you have your paper Bibles, grab them, pull them out, turn to 2 Peter. If you have my exact Bible, you're on page 1011. Just in case you have that Bible, um, 1011, you got to be kind of close there anyway. 2 Peter you have your digital Bibles, great. If you want to follow along on the screens, you can do that as well. 2 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 5, says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind, and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Verse 10, Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never fall, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Will you join me in prayer? Father, this morning, as we humble gather, humbly gather in your presence, Father, we thank you for your word and the way that it goes forth powerfully. Father, that it doesn't come back void, but that it has the ability to mold us and shape us into who you want us to be. Father, I pray that as we spend time in your word today, that each one of us would hear your voice, the voice from these passages of scripture speaking to our hearts and our minds this morning. 
God, may your Holy Spirit that is right here in our presence, may that Holy Spirit strengthen us and encourage us, build us, in order that we might continue in the direction that you have called us to follow you in. So, Father, this morning, may you be glorified in everything that's said and done. It's in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. In our home, we spend a lot of time trying to help our kids learn how to read. And, and on several occasions, I've sat down with my son, Brady, to listen to him read. And let me tell you what. The English language, it's hard. It's difficult. I don't know if, if you experience that as well, but I don't understand why K-N-O-W is the word no. That makes no sense to me. And why is it not Kano? I mean, it, why would we put a K at the beginning of a word and just say, it's silent, okay? It makes no sense. It's difficult. There are so many random rules in the English language, and then there are so many exceptions to those random rules in the English language. And I, as I do my best to help Brady with his reading, there are times that as he looks hard at a word and he, he begins to try and sound it out, and it's not, it's just not quite not quite getting it and then there's this weight of despair that that comes over his body and, and my heart goes out to him because I know that feeling of, of trying to figure something out I know that feeling of, of when I'm trying to do something in my life whether it be in my spiritual walk and it's just not coming together and it's difficult and it's hard and I never think I'm ever really going to get it Maybe you've experienced that at one time or another in your life as well. And it's in those moments where Brady will look up at me and he'll say, it's, it's too hard. I can't do it. I, I don't know. And it's in those moments that I have a decision to make. Because there's three ways that I look at it, the ways that I can respond. And the first, which I don't recommend, is to say, you're right. This is beyond what you're ever going to understand. It's too difficult, and you aren't ever going to get it. Let's just go play video games, right? Let's just, that's so much, that's so much easier. Let's just, that's the easy road. Let's just go do that. That's not the best option, just so you know. Don't write that down in your notes, okay? However, option two that many of us take isn't always much better. We often say, you know, we... Our hearts go out and we say, oh, no, 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 you're, you're a great student. You're an excellent student. You're, you're doing so well. And in all reality, Brady's struggling to read. Or we can do our best to be real and encouraging. To say, you're right. Some of this English stuff is, is really difficult. But I think that if we keep working at it together, Eventually, you're going to get it, and it's going to get easier, and it, it, it might take some time, but don't give up. And I would say that to each and every one of us this morning when it comes to your spiritual walks with God as well. See, we have some opportunities like this when it comes to our spiritual lives. There are times in our life when being a Christian in all reality is difficult. It's hard. It's not easy. We, we can't quite get it. It feels like we're never going to get it. If we were to take a, an honest assessment of our walk with God, there's going to be times where we might not be doing very well. Things are just not going very well in our walk with God. Maybe we're stuck in some sin 
this morning. Maybe you fire, your fire for the Lord is starting to dwindle and it's starting to fade. Maybe you have an attitude that is ungodly that you just keep holding on to. Or have you allowed the circumstances of this life cause you to drift away from your relationship with the Lord and maybe even at times this morning you've dealt with doubt in your salvation in your relationship with God if you are there this morning or if you've been there you need to appraise where you are in your relationship with God and and turn your focus back on him with a renewed repentance and a passion for in our passage today, Peter instructs us to keep ourselves on a path of growth because spiritual growth towards Christian maturity keeps us, one, useful in the kingdom, two, grateful for forgiveness, and three, confident of our salvation. If you're taking notes this morning, the first thing, again, I'd encourage you to write down is, is our growth towards Christian maturity keeps us useful in the kingdom. If you look at verse 5 through 8 again, it says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Useful in the kingdom. And it says in that verse 5, for this very reason, if you were here last week, if you weren't, you can go online, pbcc.info, check out last week's sermon. But if you were here last week, you remember, excuse me, remember that we, we were talking about this power this power that comes from the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord for godly living. There's power from that knowledge for godly living and for escaping the corruption of this world. Because we have access to this knowledge, it says here, for this reason, then we are to make every effort. Make every effort. In other translations, it says, applying all diligence. And the Greek word for applying, it was a really long word, so I didn't take the time to write it down. I took Greek in Bible college, but that was a long time ago. And so it was really long, so I didn't take the time to write it down. But the Greek word for applying means to bring in besides, okay? And the idea is that God has given you divine power in all of his promises, and you can see that there in the previous verses, his divine power in his promises, and then what's supposed to take place is that you're supposed to bring in alongside of that a diligence so that you can grow, making every effort. You can't just go about it half-baked, okay? It's kind of like if my kids want to learn how to play piano, they can't just take that app on the, the iPads or the tablets called the Piano Tiles. Anybody played that? That's a fun game, you know? All you do is push little boxes that come up. Okay, and it sounds really neat. You know, the, the tablet makes the pretty piano music. I'm like, I'm listening to that like, oh, you guys are learning how to play piano on a tablet? And I look over and they're just pushing little boxes. 
okay? In time, you gotta do it in time, right, Briley? Yeah, my 11 year old. And she's doing it in time, you know, and, and it sounds awesome, and she's hand eye coordination's going great, but she's not really learning how to play piano. If she wants to learn how to play piano, she's gotta take lessons, and she's gotta practice on an actual piano every single day. See, you can't just go about it half-baked. People that want to make something happen in their lives are willing to restructure their lives in order to make it happen. And if you want to be useful in the kingdom of God, according to verse 5, you have to make every effort to add to your faith. There needs to be a determination that I'm going to grow in my relationship with God. I'm going to grow in the likeness of Christ. There's a determination. And as you read this list here in verse 5, I don't really think it's an exhaustive list. Okay, I don't think that's what Peter's getting at. And I also don't think it's necessarily one of those things like, okay, well, if I work on this and I get this down, then I can go on and move on to this. And then I kind of check it off and put a star, you know, on my, my chest there. And, and I'm going to do this and then that. You know, I don't think that's necessarily what Peter's getting at. I just think it's one of those things that these lists that are all throughout Scripture, and specifically this one is saying, keep growing in these different areas your relationship with God. And if you're taking notes today, you can write down other lists like 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which many of you know that to be the, the love chapter where love is patient, love is kind, it's not self-seeking, it's, 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 uh, it does not envy, it, it does not boast, and so on and so forth. And, and you can write that down as a list that you of things you want to work on. Or you can write down Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, where it's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, these are lists that are so useful in our Christian walk, our daily lives, because it gives us something to shoot for. It gives us something to aim towards. These are things that, these are descriptions of who Christ is, and so it's a description of who we should be as well. We need to make every effort, every effort to add to these characteristics in our lives. If we're going to be diligent in these areas, then we need to keep them in front of us. Maybe writing yourself a sticky note and putting it up somewhere, love. In this passage here that we're looking at where it's goodness and, and perseverance and knowledge and brotherly kindness godliness or maybe you take your fancy fancy digital device and tell Siri hey Siri at about noon remind me to have self-control notification have some oh yeah have self-control yeah good idea okay or, or maybe another notification says Persevere or have brotherly kindness. We need to remind ourselves. We need to have it out in front of us all the time. We need to look at these lists and then look at ourselves and ask, am I where I need to be? And if I'm not, how do I grow in that area? And if I'm going to be diligent in, in the area of goodness, goodness, or other translations say virtue or moral excellence, then I have to know what God teaches, 
what is right and wrong, what is good and what is evil, and, and how I go about staying away from what is evil and, and clinging to what is good. And I need to guard against that evil so that my life is a representation of moral excellence. And if, it says to add to virtue knowledge. And so I need to spend time in God's word. I need to spend time on my own every single day. And there's apps for that. And I need to spend time growing and knowing God's word with other people. And we have small groups and Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and throughout the week. And I also need to be willing to go to those who are maybe more mature in the faith than I am and say, well, what do you think about this? Or can you keep me accountable when it comes to this knowledge that I've learned? And then it says self-control. And does that describe your life this morning? Do you have a mastery of self is what it's getting at? Or are you easily moved around by whatever impulses come your way? Self-control and then to self-control perseverance. And this refers to the ability to endure hardship and distress. There, a, a Greek-English lexicon of the New Testament defines it as the characteristic of a man who is unswerved from his deliberate purpose and has loyal and his loyalty to faith and devotion by even the greatest trials and sufferings. It means that we keep following Jesus even when it results in persecution or hardship. And this one is getting a little too close for comfort these days, isn't it? We're in a time where you're going to have to persevere even if it means that you follow Jesus in the midst of persecution and suffering and hardship. Godliness. Godliness refers to a very practical awareness of God in every aspect of life. It refers to an awe or a reverence in the presence of God and the obedience that befits that reverence. I looked that up. I didn't want to change it because that came from William Barclay. But basically, you realize who God is and you place him at the highest place in your life, number one, and then your life befits or it reflects the fact that God is number one in your life. Your life represents that commitment to Him. And it's this attitude which gives God the place He ought to occupy in life and in thought and in devotion. Godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And this is the Greek word Philadelphia, which, which means brotherly love. And it's this feeling of kindness or mutual understanding and care that should exist among family members. And it could apply to how we treat every single human being because as humans, we're all part of the human family. But it especially refers to the love that we are to show to others in the family of God. And then to brotherly love or brotherly kindness, you add more love, it says. And this is the Greek word agape, which is a self-sacrificing commitment to seek the highest good of the one being loved. And at Kalitakawa's funeral, there's a gentleman here that was part of the military honors. He's an older gentleman. In fact, he said if his wife was still here, she passed away a year ago. But if she was still here today, they'd be celebrating their 70th wedding anniversary. 
course, he made the old joke that, well, how do you, how do you make that work? How does 70 years in, in marriage work? And he said, you just remember to always say, yes, ma'am. And as I talked with him, I said, the neat part about that little joke is that there's, there's a, a real truth behind it. Because when you say, yes, ma'am, you're saying, I love you. It's kind of like Princess Bride, as you wish. And when we have self-sacrificial love for one another, man, it makes a huge difference. And since Peter urges us to apply all diligence to supply brotherly kindness and love, we realize this morning it just doesn't happen. It doesn't just poof. And then all spontaneously we love each other just wonderfully. No, it means that we have to work at it. We have to make every effort. We must often go against our feelings of pride or laziness or self-centeredness to demonstrate love to others. You can practice this every week that we come together as the body of Christ. Instead of keeping to yourself, which you might prefer, might be in your kind of your personality, you look for others who maybe are brand new or maybe they're alone or you go over and you make them feel welcome. Maybe if there's a person that's hurting, take the time to pray with them. And if they seem lonely, you arrange a time to get together later on in the week. See, are you making every effort in these areas of your life? Because when you're making every effort through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within you to grow in these areas, according to verse 8, it says that you're going to see some fruit. You're going to see fruit from that. You, you will be productive. Internal growth leads to external productivity. Internal growth leads to external productivity. You will be useful for the kingdom of God. I want, I want to, I personally, I want to be useful for the kingdom of God. But it requires me to put forth effort, to make every effort to grow. Are you growing? If you say this morning, well, I don't really care if I'm fruitful or useful in the kingdom. I'm just kind of worried about you know, making it to heaven and that sort of thing. And I, I want to remind you of a parable from Luke chapter 13, verse 6 through 9. Jesus is speaking here in Luke chapter 13. He says, he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, Leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, and cut it down and there's a whole ser ser sermon on that passage but I want us what I want us to see here this morning is that unless we're willing to produce fruit we're going to be cut down are you growing are, are you producing fruit 
maybe not today. Well, what about last year? Or the year before? Or the year before that said, for three years, this fig tree had not produced any fruit. Are we producing fruit in our lives? And according to Peter, it says, if we work on these areas, there's going to be fruit. That, that's the result. Are you growing? Are you producing fruit? Growing in the maturity of Christ, it's going to help us be useful for the kingdom, but it also helps us be grateful for forgiveness. If you look at verse 9, it says, But if anyone does not have them, talking about these characteristics, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. And if you notice in verse 9, those who are not growing quickly forget that they have been cleansed from their past sins. One who does not grow is ungrateful. But if you are someone who is putting forth the effort to grow, then you become aware of your constant need of God because you realize to grow, it takes effort. And it's hard. It's difficult. It doesn't come easy to try to grow. And without God, we're too weak to see any true change take place in our lives. And when we recognize our weakness, that's when we turn back to God in repentance and say, God, I need you. I need your strength. As we grow, it keeps us from forgetting the grace of God. And as we, as we grow, we remain grateful for God's forgiveness in our lives. And then verse 10 says growth makes us confident of our salvation growth makes us confident of our salvation i encourage you to write that down confident of our salvation in verse 10 it says therefore my brothers be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure for if you do these things you will never fall and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our lord and savior Jesus Christ. Peter's summary here in verse 10, therefore my brothers be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. And it, once again, I'm a pretty simple guy. I'm not the deepest theologian. And as I studied this out, my understanding of what he's getting at when it comes to calling or election, another word used in the Greek is the word choice, choose, God's choice. What I understand this to mean is that God has chosen you to come into a relationship with him. Praise the Lord. He's, he's chosen each and every one of you to come into a relationship. But guess what? God has chosen everyone to come into a relationship with him. He wants all to come to the knowledge of his saving grace. But the tricky part is that not everyone chooses him that's that's where the rub comes see God chooses all of us he wants all of us to come into a relationship with him but we have a choice as humans he's given that to us every human has a choice to either accept Jesus or reject Jesus Peter is talking to those at the time and, and those of you today who've accepted Jesus. He's talking to believers here. 
And he is not saying, I don't want us to get confused here. He's not saying you get saved by growing in these seven areas. He is not saying that. In fact, he's saying the opposite. He says, when you grow in these seven areas, when you bear fruit and are useful to God, when you can see God at work and you remember all that he's done for you, it confirms your salvation. It confirms it. It's an indicator that God is at work in your life. And it's, it's kind of like my relationship with my wife. When we got married almost 20 years ago, this coming July, we each made vows with each other. We made promises to one another that we would be there for one another, faithful to each other, and to love one another until death do us part. Now, if we never talked to one another, if we never held hands if we never went on dates, if we never told each other that we loved each other, if we never helped each other out, we would both probably be doubting those promises that we made on our wedding day. But I know for me, I am way more assured. I am way more confident in my relationship with my wife when we do talk, when we do hold hands. When we do go out on dates, when we do tell each other that I love you, when we are there for each other and those things help keep our relationship strong and those things help confirm our relationship and the same is true with your relationship with God and if you're here this morning and you're doubting your salvation, your relationship with God, you're doubting your marriage relationship with Jesus because that's what scripture says it is, Peter is saying that you don't have to doubt because as you grow in your relationship with God and remain faithful to God you can be assured in your faith and Peter wants us to keep ourselves on a path of growth because spiritual growth towards Christian maturity keeps us useful in the kingdom grateful for forgiveness and confident in our salvation so I want to challenge us as a church to, to take these seven areas of spiritual growth and work on one each day of this coming week. It was kind of neat as I looked, I was like, ooh, seven areas of growth. How many days are in the week? Seven. God, you got this thing figured out. Seven areas, seven days. I'm going to work on one, and I would encourage you and challenge you to work on one of these areas, to write it down, to, to put it in your phones, to begin to really make every effort to add to your faith these things in your life. If we're willing to do that, then I think that we'll be able to kind of take a step back and watch your maturity in Christ grow. You will be useful and assured. And that's the title of the message this morning. Useful and assured. As the praise team comes this morning, I want to remind you that Jesus gave himself on the cross to save you from God's judgment. And because of that sacrifice, you should desire to be useful and fruitful as his blood-bought servant. But to be useful and fruitful, you must be growing in your faith, which requires diligent effort diligent effort spiritual growth it's a long process 
It's not just a quick fix. It's kind of like a diet or an exercise program. It only shows results if you practice it consistently and you stick with it for the long haul. If you're making, if you're not making much spiritual headway in your life, if you feel like you're stagnant and you're not really growing, then I would encourage you to set some spiritual goals for this year. We're only three weeks in. It's still okay to set some goals for 2021. Make it a year where, God, by God's grace, you grow more than you ever have grown. May this be a year where you just, the fruit of God in your life just flows over into the world that you are a part of. In just a moment, we're going to sing a song of commitment, a song of invitation. If, if you need to get plugged into a church body and you want to make PV your home, church home, man, I'd love for you to come forward. And if you just need prayer, you need to talk with someone, encouragement this morning, we invite you to come. And if, if you're not confident in your salvation this morning, because you've never given your life over to Jesus Christ, and you've never surrendered to Him and, and received the gift of the Holy Spirit and the forgiveness of your sins through the watery grave of baptism, we'd invite you to come. Will you stand with us this morning? mess-ups, our mistakes, our the things that entangle us in this world. Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, the grace, and the forgiveness, and the mercy that is offered through that sacrifice. God, we praise your name that uh, you've given us your word, and that we can grow in, in areas like goodness, which is virtue, or moral excellence, and knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly, kindness, love. God, there's areas all throughout Scripture that you want us to be diligently making every effort to grow in. And it's not on our own. It's through the Holy Spirit's power that lives within us. So, Father, may we this coming week make every effort to add to our faith that you would be glorified through our lives. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You may be seated for a moment. If you did not have a chance to grab a bulletin, I encourage you to do that. There's some things coming up here. Uh, the youth group's hoping to go sledding in town if there's some snow. If not, maybe up on the mountain, but that'll be the 30th of January from 1 to 3. There's a top of the peak that's for ages 50 and older. That'll be in February. It's a Saturday. 
uh, at noon. And if you want more information about that, there's you can read through that or talk with someone at the hub out in the foyer. Uh, we kicked off the baby baby bottle boomerang, uh, which is a combination with the January, which is the sanctity of human life. And uh, we, if those bottles are out in the foyer, if you want to take one home, fill it with change, dollar bills, checks, whatever, and uh, then bring it back by February 14th, that would be great. If you uh, have places of business that you can put those at and encourage people to donate towards that, that would be great as well. And uh, that money, again, helps out True Care. Uh, a local organization that's doing a great work when it comes to uh, the fight against abortion. And then uh, also, if you are someone that can help uh, the Devault move, Brian and Normie, that, that'll take place on uh, this coming Saturday, January 23rd, and at 8 a.m. or so, so, getting that kicked off that morning. You can help be a part of that, and you need to know the address. You can call the church office, talk to someone at the hub. We can track down that address. You can talk to Brian or Normie. Um, but they're looking for some help when it comes to moving this coming Saturday. Also, with the sanctity of human life here in Jan January, locally there's a March for Life, and that's a walk to support pro-life. Uh, that'll be this coming Saturday as well at 9 a.m. at the City Park, and all are welcome to be uh, part of that, to attend that. So if you're available for either of those things this coming Saturday, I would love for you to get uh, a part of that this uh, past week. Um, we have a praise. Uh, we've been praying for uh, Christopher and Lauren Miller and their new baby that was uh, expected here in January on Tuesday. They did have that little baby. It was a little baby boy. And uh, now they have four boys in their home. Uh, so that should be real exciting for them. And uh, that he was born on Tuesday. His name's Jethro Leroy Miller, 7 pounds, 12 ounces. And I do know there's a meal train that uh, we're trying to put together for that. If you are someone that could want, that's willing to and wants to help out with that, I know there's some info on Facebook as well. The main person, though, to talk to would be Lisa Keith, and we can put you in contact with her. So if you want to help the Millers with their uh, new baby and a meal train, uh, please talk to us so we can get you in touch with the right people. Uh, in, in a way of communication, um, again, we're praying for the Coates family. Uh, Lance passed away, and so uh, we announced that last week. And just as far as communication, a service for him uh, is going to be uh, we're going to wait until the family's wanting to wait until it gets a little warmer we'll into the summer months. And so we'll try to communicate as we move toward closer to the summer when that service might be in honor of uh, Lance's life. Uh, continue to pray for the Kawa family. Pray for Mark Kawa again. Uh, he lost his wife and uh, is moving forward as the dad of four young children. So be in prayer for Mark. If you want to try to help out in any way with his family, you can talk to us uh, with about that as well. Again, pl please be in prayer for the Santos family. Again, that's a family that's real close to, to my family. Uh, they grew up in the church, and uh, there's different connections uh, with them currently. Justin, who passed away, again, he's 18 years, he's 18 years old. His older sister, Natalie, is currently dating Connor Lewis, so there's a connection with the church here that way. Also, some of you might know uh, Justin's grandmother, um, Linda Smith. She's a missionary over in Hong Kong, and uh, they have kids that have been a part of the school here in the past and, and whatnot. And so uh, 
Uh, please be in prayer for the Santos family. Again, just a, a great young man that was on fire for the Lord and just a, a freak car accident that took his life. So be in prayer for them. Continue to pray for Kathy Govier, Nick Carno as he continues to recover, Bradley Erickson, Julie Bodine, LeVon Coventry, Kathy Nero Keith, uh, Jack Cummings, Dennis Calder, Michael Mondel, Debbie Coach, Sharon Knoll, Dave Parrish, Eric dad with cancer, uh, Rhonda Stewart, Robin Hale, the Woodfield family, uh, and several others. I do. I, I did write down a couple other ones. Um, Don Lopez, she comes to first service. Her sister lost uh, her husband re recently, and then also uh, a friend of uh, Nick Carno. His name's Travis. And it's just they're having some. Travis and his wife are, are having some marital uh, problems. So we prayer for Travis. That again, that's Nick Carno's friend. And then ours also the Carnos. Uh, they have a grandfather that's dealing with pneumonia and congestive heart failure. So be lifting up the the Carnos uh, and, and their grandfather there. Uh, we did have men's prayer breakfast yesterday. We had 12 gentlemen show up uh, for that to pray over our country and uh, our, this congregation and how we can be used as believers to make a difference. And so uh, if you are a gentleman on the first and third Saturdays of the month and want to be a part of prayer breakfast, you are more than welcome to be a part of that. I do have a, a couple of quick other announcements. There's a key that was found in the coming up the ramp uh, just this morning or a week ago last week and so if this is a key that you've been missing it's right here you can come uh, talk with me and I can get that to you and then also I have a announcement concerning secret sister uh, it says reveal Sunday January uh, and I believe Sunday January the next Sunday is the 24th and so right after church if you are a part of that or would like to be a part of the future Secret Sister stuff, forms are in the lobby uh, if you would like to participate in that. So that uh, is coming up. Any other announcements that I've forgotten? I do want to keep Ashley Berlin in your prayer. She's currently traveling back to Tanzania, mostly flying over the oceans. I'm really good at geography. Um, and so be in prayer for her as she travels back to Tanzania, Africa. Uh, and uh, any other announcements or prayer concerns this morning? Well, we want to say thank you for taking the time to be together as the body of Christ. As we go from here, may we be disciples that continue to make disciples. As we invite people into our homes, as we reach out uh, and care about people uh, and what they're going through. And we want to be a church that makes a difference for the kingdom of God. Will you stand with me this morning as we close in prayer and song? God, I thank you for each one here. I thank you for those who are here maybe for the very first time. And I just ask a blessing on each one that in their daily lives, they are working uh, hard at trying to live for you. It, it, it does take effort. Uh, we are not saved by our works. We know that it's through your grace, God, that's offered to us, but we also know that uh, we, as your followers, have to put forth effort, that we have to be diligent when it comes to our walk with you, and so help us to know that in order to be useful for your kingdom, we're going to have to grow in order to remember and not forget how grateful for we are for the forgiveness of our sins, we got to grow. Father, as we grow, we can be confident in our salvation. So, Father, this morning, again, may you bless each one here as 
they go from this place, as they have uh, an influence on the people that they come in contact with. Again, God, we want to be disciples that are making more disciples. So, Father, may you go with us, strengthen us, empower us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.